people people don't understand the concept of things evolving. Yeah. By the way, Poundtown Podcast. Will Burge, Brian Kenny, clock is in the building. Look at these. We're presented by Barstool Sports. And we're powered by Movo Photo and uh, live mixtapes. These sexy ass arms. Look at these arms. Fucking alien kind of shit. But if you if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see the arms, but you should go check out the YouTube. You should go subscribe to the channel because that helps us out. Um, also, we have these really cool new f- fangled arms. We can sit back comfortably now instead of leaning forward like a bunch of fucking mongoloids like we usually do. My back hurts so bad at the end of a lot of these podcasts, both from sitting forward and from fucking carrying you two chumps. What's up? Hey. Uh, got plenty to talk about today. Uh, Brown's just still a very disappointing loss. I don't want to like sit here and dwell on it for too long. I want to move on to Pittsburgh. Definitely want to talk a lot of Guardians because a huge series. I mean, this is the season tonight, right? They can bury the White Sox. Three-game series in Chicago. The pitching doesn't necessarily line up the greatest for the Guardians, but let's see if they have a little magic they can pull out of their hat. Um, and a couple other things we want to throw in there. We are going to have a guest join us here in just a few minutes. John Fanta from Fox College Basketball. He calls games. He's a sideline reporter. He's from Cleveland. Big Cleveland guy. He does a lot of Barstool stuff as well. Really, really funny dude. Great follow on Twitter. If you are a college hoops head at all, you should be following him. Um, even if you're just like a Cleveland sports fan, which I'd assume you are if you listen to this. Or maybe Boston. Sean's a Boston We got fan. one Boston. Yeah, I know one that. Boston guy. I know we got one Chicago guy, too. Oh, there's John right there. Let me go let him in real quick, and then uh, we'll, we'll get this all fired up. How are you? Doing good, man. How about you? Good. Hold on one second. Just going to get my... Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. John, what's up, brother? How are you? Can you hear him? My headset on here. Can I can't tell if we can hear him or not. Um, I, can, I can hear him. I can hear him. Yeah. All right. One more time there, John. Can you hear me? We can no longer hear you. No no longer. How about now? Yep. Yeah, we're back. There we go. You got there me? We go. There he is, Perfect. rocking the Browns hat. Hell yeah. John. Oh, have to. Let's go. Come on. Well, new week, baby. And, and a Guardians <laughs> polo. Look at you. Oh, I can't. I was going to come decked out to this regardless. Let's go. <laughs> John, oh, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Um, Fox, college basketball, huge Cleveland guy. Uh, and this is perfect timing to have you on, by the way, as we announced pre sale tickets for the big uh, Barstool tournament out in Philly. What's the date of that? Do you know the exact date of that thing? Ooh. Look at me. I, I should is, know this. I work I for the fucking company. <laughs> it's it's in November. It's at Wells Fargo. Um, and I know pre-sale tickets go on uh, sale next week, I believe. November the 11th. There we go. That's November awesome. the 11th, UAB in Toledo. So all you Maction people out there and Mississippi State and Akron. So two Mac programs. And you got Mississippi State, UAB. It's in Philadelphia. I think it's the first of many Barstool Sports Invitationals. It's going to be fun. I think it'll be a Hell great yeah. time. I, I'm a huge college. We, we don't get to t- talk a lot of college basketball around here just because there really isn't much to talk. No. But one of our first events we did, John, we went and broadcasted live like courtside for the Horizon League tournament for uh, Cleveland State. It was a disaster. Both our podcast and the game operations, the clock kept going out. There was giant delays in the game. It was there's no better way for us to have launched our careers here with Barstool Sports. <laughs> but the game is so much free run of the place. They put us on the baseline. Yeah. And like oh, let us do whatever we wanted. I'm sure they did. There there's some bodies buried underneath the Wolstein Center that are probably best 
for another 30 for 30. I'd like to go. I'd like to know what happens at the Wolstein Center when Cleveland State basketball and concerts aren't going on. What goes on inside those walls? It's it's probably one of the most like for a sports venue. It's very under discussed because yeah. it's just not it's not mainstream. It's not one of the main event holders. I mean, and, and they haven't done much to it. I think since they built it, if they've oh, done no. a thing, no. I, well, well, and, and the thing is, they they talk about knocking it down like every three years, but it just survives somehow. It's just it's a <laughs> zombie stadium just sitting there. Do you know, the, and I don't know how much of this is 100% true, but I've heard it through the grapevine for years, and I've always wanted to put together a documentary on it. Do you know kind of the story of why they built that when Mackey was here back in, uh, was it, the 80s or whatever it was, and they, they, made, they made the really good run in the tournament. They beat um, David Robinson, yep. and th- then they had a huge recruiting year. So supposedly there was a backdoor handshake for them to join the ACC. They were going to leave and go join the ACC, and they had to have a, an arena with a minimum capacity to be able to join the conference. And obviously it was never discussed publicly. And as soon as they built that thing and that whole thing started running, Mackie got busted coming out of a crack house live on the news. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I know Cleveland State wanted to make a move at one point. They've tried to do certain things to make that move. but. It's it's such a tough it's a tough conundrum for where they currently sit from a resources standpoint. I had heard at one point, I mean, they, they were in a, a really, really rough low. But the job that Dennis Gates did to elevate that program, guys, that that was one of the toughest jobs in the country when he took over. Oh, yeah. And for him to get them to the tournament, it was really impressive. So, uh, you know what? We'll give a shout out to the CSU Vikings today because. Uh, I like their new head coach, Danielle Robinson, and I think Dennis did a really nice job at getting them reestablished. Yeah, I'm yeah. alumni. Yep, complete. Yeah, we're alumni here. Both Brian and I both went to Cleveland State. I attended a semester, so it's good enough. <laughs> it's <laughs> alumni. It, it counts. It counts. But the, the, Wol- the Wolstein Center, to me, I mean, if Baker people ever schedule another convention or an in memoriam, the Wolstein Center would, would be a prime place to host. You're oh, right. Yeah. John, where, where are you from in Cleveland? Westlake, Ohio. I'm from the West Side. I'm a Westlake guy. Uh, grandparents all lived in West Park. My mom's now in West Park. So I'm a West Side guy through and through. Have seen all different vantage points from the West Side. You're from Westlake. I'm from East Lake. We're like the same person from alternate universes, I think. Yeah, except <laughs> I wish I had your fitness plan. I'm yeah. not sure what they did to the water in Westlake versus East Lake, but. I mean, I still found similar restaurants in Eastlake because I uh, I did an internship with the captains one summer growing up. But yeah, I'm a West Sider. I went to St. Bernadette in Westlake, and then uh, I was a terrible left guard then. And then into high school, I played a couple of years at Ignatius freshman junior varsity and went to St. Ignatius. And then Chuck Kyle, who's retiring this year, gave me the best advice ever. He had me come in his office, and he goes, "This whole left guard thing." You're kind of a turnstile. What about the the broadcasting thing? That was the best advice I ever got. And and he's retiring this year. That guy not only didn't know how to coach, but man, he he knew how to teach life. He's, he's a Cleveland legend. Yeah, he definitely is. That's crazy. That's a good story, man. So uh, tell me about a little bit about your journey, like going into it. Cause I felt like your Ascension was pretty quick. I saw you on Twitter and then all of a sudden you're everywhere. Like all that you're like, you're like a a college basketball superstar overnight. Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, I grew up listening to you and and calling in 
a lot, uh, you know, when you were, when you were at KNR and, and have always looked up to your work. So I appreciate you saying that. Jeez, I'm sorry and, to hear and, that. And for me, <laughs> for me, uh, it, it really took off when I got later into my high school years, Ignatius won a state championship and, and I was a broadcaster instead of being a six string left guard when they won their last state title in 2011. And I, I grew up like for me, guys, I'm Cleveland born and bred and I have Cleveland to thank for who I am because the passion that I have, it's not forced. It's not something that's inauthentic. Like people say it comes naturally and that's true. It's just, it's, it's who I am when I'm talking with you guys on the air and when I'm talking with you guys off the air. And the reason for that is Tom Hamilton. The reason for that is Jim Donovan. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. The reason for that, the reason for that is Joe Tate. Yeah, there got, you go. I talk with you guys. I've got his bobblehead with his best calls, booby trap, and you <laughs> name it for for Joe Tate. Okay, yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio has the best voices of teams in the world. Amen. In the freaking world, we were just talking we about this the other day know. in our group text. Literally, and we did the exact same thing today. We named all those guys. You could even go back, obviously, rest in peace, Fred McLeod, Michael Regai before him. I mean, we've had some monsters in this town. Herb Score. Oh. Herb Score, yeah. Herb Score, uh, Nev Chandler. Yep. The list goes on and on and on. Jack Corgan, who's now in Colorado with the Rockies, was a great voice. Mike Keegan yeah. was a great voice of a team. Like, to me, we don't even realize just how great we've gotten in Cleveland sometimes. Take a step back and, and look at the voices that we've had in this town. Not only voices that have stayed, but voices who got offers from other markets and other people. They've stayed in Cleveland because they love Northeast Ohio. So for me, growing up with those voices, it inspired my passion. I would turn down handy and I'd start calling the game myself. I remember you know, the Indians on WUAB Sundays. I, that's, that's my childhood right there. And, and I fell in love with all three teams. And and that's all I've ever known. So for me, when I got done with high school, I was like, I want to get to the metropolitan area. I, I know that that's where the best job opportunities could come. So I ended up at Seton Hall University and they don't have a football program. You know, they're in the Big East Conference. I know people that are in the college sports world that follow football might not know Seton Hall from any other place, but it's there that I really enhance that passion. They've got a terrific program. Uh, most famous alum is is Bob Lee, who is the general of ESPN. I learned a lot from him, and I got a lot of really, really special opportunities. You got to find a place, wherever you go in life, find a place with people who are willing to help you out. Like at the end of the day, that's what you want, because then you want to give it back to somebody down the road. Yep. So for me, uh, Cleveland's near and dear to my heart. It inspired the passion, but I have Seton Hall. And the Big East to thank for really giving me the first opportunities in my college and early career that allowed for me to grow who I am. And I'm, I'm really humbled that there's people now at Fox Sports that give me the opportunities to be on their network because you guys know it. This industry is really, really hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a lucky guy. You got to work hard, but there's plenty of guys who call a game, <clears throat> do a pod well that work hard. They don't always catch the break. And I'm lucky that I've been able to catch a couple. You got to get some luck on your side and you got to be a good, good at networking. That's what I tell people when we used to have interns coming to K&R, they'd ask me the number one piece of advice. I'm like, look, learn and do everything you can here, but you need to use this as a networking opportunity because the odds of you actually getting a job out of here are minuscule, but you can find your next job out of here. 
if that makes yeah, sense. And, and the first day I was at Fox Sports, I'll tell you guys a story. Uh, not not only networking, but say yes to an opportunity. Back in 2017, after my junior year of of college, excuse me, 2016, 2016, the year the Cavs won the finals. I was offered an internship at Fox out in Los Angeles um, going into my senior year of college, summer in between. And my parents were going through a divorce. Uh, so they had their minds on some things. I had three younger siblings. They had a household to manage there. It's always hard. And I'm in New Jersey and I say, yes, I'm going to take this internship. I come from a working class family in Cleveland. My dad's a business owner uh, in plating and, and metal equipment. My mom uh, works in communications for the Ohio Lottery. These are two people who, who you know, have kind of worked for everything they've got. Um, for me, I took that internship. They weren't going to help me, and, and nor, nor should they have to. I was going to have to find my way out to L.A., find a place to live, and take the internship. If Fox Sports offers you an internship, you freaking say yes. And yep. You say, how do I do it? And so I, I take a one-way flight out to L.A. And Airbnb was pretty new in 2016. Just I, I, a, Not to interrupt you, but this is how a lot of porn careers start. So I'm glad <laughs> you went down a different path. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't ventured into that industry yet. It would probably be interesting. An only fan, <laughs> an OnlyFans is a nice uh, side, side uh, yeah, income stream, what man. What his feet look like? Yeah. <laughs> Not going to show you. Uh, Smart man, you save it know. for your OnlyFans. I mean, yeah, if if maybe maybe down the road the feet will come out. You never know. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, so look, uh, I took that internship, went out to LA. I get an Airbnb. Guys, I walk in, and on the other side of the room, it's a hostel. It's a hostel. On the other side of the room is a sixty-year-old man from Africa named George. And let's just say George was watching something explicit that was referred to just moments ago. <laughs> All right. We knew it. George is Welcome a Welcome to Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. right? Welcome. And now I'm living with a 60-year-old guy for a summer, and I'm saying, what the hell <laughs> am I doing with my life? But you know what? I just spent all hours of the day on that studio lot, staying in the control room and just learning from the guys on camera and I'm learning from the control room of what does TV look like? What, what's this supposed to look like? I learned so much. And the, my boss told me the first day of the interview, and you guys know this, and Will, you know this throughout your career, because unfortunately you've worked, or fortunately you've worked with some. My guy looked at, my boss looked at me across the way and he said, you remember this wherever you go. Nobody wants to work with an asshole. Nobody wants to work with an asshole. And eventually the asshole will, will get beat. Yep. Eventually, eventually the, the, the best people will preserve. I learned that because I said, you know what? I'm going to live in this hostel with a 60 year old guy from Africa and make ends meet. And so that's kind of my why it's, it's, it's part of my development. I took a shot. I think some people noticed that. And I've always said, and, and to somebody out there listening to this that wants to get into broadcasting, just say yes, man. Oh, yeah. Just say yes, because you really don't know. Like, say yes to being a camera guy. Say yes to being a technical guy. You never know when somebody calls in sick and all of a sudden you're the host of the show mm. and, and you take off. You don't say yes to being the cameraman for that reason, but you say yes to put yourself in a position to be in a position. 
Amen, man. Facts. Amen. That yeah. was great, great words. Love great the words. passion. Yeah, hell yeah. So by the way, speaking of assholes, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers come to town on Thursday. <laughs> And uh, the, the Browns need to bounce back bad, John. What, what, what do we got on our hands here? We're going to dive into it pretty heavy a little bit later on in the pod, but I'm still shaking off that Jets game, man. I'm having a hard time with it. I'm really shaking it off. And there's nothing I can say on this podcast different from what you've heard. I want to try to bring a different perspective to everything because I could sit here and say it's the worst Browns loss I've seen in the 27 years I've been on the planet. and the fact that communication is being worked on in week three <laughs> is a fireable offense to begin with. Yeah. couple of things on my mind with this matchup on Thursday. I'm not going to belabor what we've been through. All we can do is look ahead. And the very first thing I will say to all three of you and the city of Cleveland is this. If I told you, if I told you, you'd be one and one through two. Primetime opportunity. And if I added that, yeah, the offense has put up close to 400 yards per game. And, and oh, by the way, Jacoby Brissett, he's playing pretty well. If I had told you guys that before the season started, you'd be one and one through two. You know what everybody would have said to me? They would have said, oh, so we lost to the Panthers and we bounced back against the Jets and now we have a prime opportunity against the, the Steelers. And hey, we knew when the schedule came out that this is where the road, the, the fourth road is going to meet. Because it is. Yeah. It is. You're one and two. You, you got a long 10 days. And guys, if you're one and two, you know why you're one and two? It probably means that your secondary didn't figure it out. That's what probably means. It probably means that your defense didn't figure it out. And guess what? What people aren't talking about enough. They didn't make a change, in my opinion, because they were on three or four days of prep here. They're on a very, very short week. But guess when it gets a lot easier to make a change? When you got 10 or 11 days to prepare for your next opponent. Oh, and if they look and like now, if they look like shit, John, I, I got to imagine Joe Woods. There's no way Crazy Jimmy is going to sit there and let this go on for three weeks in a year where he just spent the money he spent on Deshaun Watson. The entire franchise came under fire for the move. Uh, he just got hit in the face with a bottle. They're investigating that on the sidelines. I think it was Brian. I think Brian snuck in and threw a bottle at him. I, and like, like I'd this, love to throw a bottle at Jimmy Haslam. This, I would, that would just make my life. This, I hate Jimmy Haslam. There is, but you know what I mean. There's, there's no way that Jimmy sits by unless if they, if they are bad again and give up more big plays, especially to Mitch Trubisky, who has was terrible last week, absolutely terrible. Everything's been a checkdown. Jimmy will pull the trigger. Joe Woods will be gone. Yeah, you know why this is a good football team. This is a good football team. I know a lot of people are laughing at me right now saying that. I know there's some people are saying, John, you're out of your freaking mind. Let me tell you something right now. If you watch this team, Nick Chubb had three touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett has looked sharp. Okay. Who handles the offense, by the way? The same guy that everybody hates on. And I and look, he deserves the hate right now. He mismanaged the game. He mismanaged the game. But I've run too many guys. We've run too many guys out of town to now look at this guy and say, he's like every one of them. He's not. He's not. Kevin Stefanski's not the greatest coach in the league. He might not even be top five. He might not be top 10, but he is a good coach. I believe that still, even after a dumpster fire, I still believe <laughs> that he's a good coach. And Thursday night is when this gets validated or it goes falling. I'll apologize if Thursday night they look like crap, because what is it? What is it Thursday night? Thursday night is when we find out everything we need to know about this regime. Either you're going to show up and you're going to respond, and you're going to beat your rival on your home field, or you're going to show up, and it's going to fall on deaf ears, and you're going to have to make some staff changes, and it is same old Browns. 
I don't think it's same old Browns anymore. I really don't think that. And I think at two and one with 10 days to prepare for Atlanta, why can't this team be three and one? And stop it. If they're three and one in the National Football League, they're not the same old Browns. They're not a bad football team. They're playing with a quarterback who looked like hot garbage last year and who got joked around and everybody hated him and people thought he was a bad move. All my friends that root for other teams said, how good could you possibly be with Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett has not been the problem. He's been the solution thus far. He's a top and 10 quarterback. He's a top, he's a top 10, 10 quarterback. quarterback right now. It is show up time for the Cleveland Browns. This is not the same old, and I would hate to go down the same beaten path. So Thursday night, bring it. John's I'm out here cutting promos. <laughs> I'm so amped right now. Like, we need to fucking beat their ass on Thursday. I'm going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> John's cutting promos. Hell yeah, man. All right. I, like I said, I don't, don't want to beleaguer the point on them. We, we, we got to get to the thing that is most important at this moment. Because tonight, I mean, essentially, the, the Guardian season, they can, they can bury this team that was not supposed to be in this position that Brian had to basically force me to talk about for the first month and a half when we had this podcast going. They have a chance to bury the White Sox, a team that sh- everybody predicted would win the, the division going away. Three-game series, doesn't match up that great pitching-wise, but this team just had that special it all season long. Do they get it done? They just Basically, you just can't get swept in Chicago, right? Just one. Can't get swept in Chicago. That That's really the task at hand. We have seen Indians, now Guardians. We've seen Cleveland baseball teams have their own versions of collapses. I, I think back to what was it, 2005? Was that Guillen? When they were in a position against the White Sox. When and they Guillen with the, not... choke, with the choke signal to the crowd after that, it was, oh, I still hate that franchise for it. Yeah, that was, that was rough. But I'm not going to look back on it because here's why. And I am going to go on this wagon. And to those of you who roll your eyes or want to argue otherwise, I, w- I would ask you this question. Who else would you want leading your baseball team? That's right. This has been Terry Francona's finest hour in the regular season managing a club. This team is not as talented as other teams. They are not a team that plays the way that baseball is played in 2022. And for that, I give the organization credit. They've gone back to small ball. They've gone back to some basics. They finally got rid of their hitting coach, Ty Van Berkeley, a couple of years overdue. But bringing in Chris Faleka has totally changed the complexion of the franchise. And when you look at some of the talent that they've brought in, part of talent evaluating is taking a chance and lucking out sometimes. And Stephen Kwan, that's a, that's a situation where they lucked out to the maximum oh, yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, We could go down the line. Oscar Gonzalez. Expect- yeah. What's Oscar Gonzalez. That's better than anything you could have expected. Andreas Jimenez. Andreas Jimenez has had as surprising a season as anybody in baseball. That being said, it just doesn't come down to all the math people, all the people who are so all the people who are still sitting right now at home being like, ah, I don't know how they're going to manage the roster in the offseason. This team has so many things to figure out. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You're 80 and 67. Like, enjoy the freaking moment before you start talking to me about players who aren't going to make it next year and how concerned you are about the situation. You weren't even supposed to be close to this point. And don't tell me that because the Twins and White Sox have had a rough year that that's why the Guardians are here. No, they've done it because they believe 
They have a mental edge over teams that are better than them on paper, and they have groomed some real talent in season. This has been impressive. It's been one of Francona's best performances. And guess what, Cleveland? Your baseball championship window that appeared to be closed shut at the start of this year has opened as wide as it was back when you entered the 2016 season. And that is a credit to the front office and the manager, not to the owner, but a credit to the people <laughs> who work with what they've got. You you mentioned, you know, with the Browns and, and imagine if I told you scenario, imagine if I told you that the Guardians would be in this position right now and it's not driven by starting pitching. Yeah. Imagine I would it, have never. No. I would have never. I would have said, how? I would have said, what or are you talking about? I would have said, did Jose Ramirez have an out-of-body season? And that's just it, guys. He hasn't, but he set the tone to the year. Yep. All I keep thinking about is waking up on a morning in April, okay? And I think of waking up and looking at my phone and, and looking at the news of, Jose Ramirez is staying in Cleveland? I thought to myself, how many times have we woken up to the news that somebody wants out of this town and he wants to be here? That established belief from the entire organization. It established accountability. It established a want to play for this team. And there was no better time for Jose Ramirez to commit to the organization than during a time when they had lost any kind of commitment they had ever had because they changed the name. The name change caused so much disaster for the organization from a brand standpoint, from a fan standpoint. You know how you shut up everybody? By winning. Yeah. By winning. If you win, they will come. And I know a lot of people will, will also look at that and say, well, where's the attendance? Where's this? Where's that? The fact of the matter is this. Across the street at Gateway, the Cavaliers average a little bit more but not that far off from the numbers that the Guardians averaged over the weekend and from what the Guardians averaged for their big games. And they play double the amount of games as the Cavaliers. Sometimes, like, part of it's the attendance problem, and part of it is, is I get it, it's part warranted, but also part of it is this is the size of the market. It is what it is. Baseball shouldn't get out of the town because there's a passion for it, and the viewership numbers on TV would show that. And they're a winning organization. Just all I would say is relish in it. You're playing with house money. You're playing with house money in October as long as you finish this thing against the White Sox. But man, Cleveland is going to be one of the cities, one of the only cities in the world where you could say, starting next year, that all three franchises realistically have a championship chance. I was just going to say that. It's it is really... It's not really a Cleveland sports renaissance because it feels like every year somehow we are the center of the sports universe, somehow, some way, good or bad, quite often. But you now have three three franchises that all theoretically or on paper look like they're championship contenders next year. You have a superstar on each one of those teams who all, at, at least for face value, are saying that they want to be here in Deshaun Watson and in, uh, in Donovan Mitchell now and also Jose Ramirez. I, we've never had that in this town. I mean, it is... It's jarring. It's let me ask you this because we I don't want to keep you too long here, John. Dream job is it? Is it something in Cleveland? Are you calling games for one of those three franchises? Are you doing something national? Like like what? What is the uh, you know the the bucket list thing that you like? That's the job. That's where I'd go and that's where I'd stay until I retired. I would love to be at a national network with the opportunity to do play by play for one league season and be in the studio for another league season and provide some commentary for another event. I've always believed in versatility. 
And that's just how I've done it. Some people have said to me, you really have to narrow your focus and you have to figure out if you're just going to be a play-by-play guy or a podcast host. I think those days are behind us. I think you got to be willing to do a little bit of everything. For me, if the opportunity presented itself to be the voice of one of my hometown teams, you can bet you're behind. It's going to take a lot for me not to come back home because I would love to give that back to the city that I grew up in because I have such a passion and love for it and want only the best and and would love to engage with the community because I think Clevelanders are just underrated as a whole and people that that deserve love. Uh, And I would love to follow in the footsteps of the greats that we mentioned earlier. That being said, with where I am calling college sports for FS1, I'm lucky to have that opportunity. I'm grateful for that opportunity. And if the opportunity presents itself for me to keep growing with FS1 and Fox and keep growing in a role there, I would love that chance. And that would make it that much sweeter someday when I could call a Cleveland sporting event. So at the age of 27, guys, I don't have one strict thing that I'm saying. I got to go down this road. But those are the two dreams. If I could come back home, I don't think there's anything special than when Jimmy gets to come on the air on a Thursday night down at that stadium. He, there's only one, Jim. There's only one voice of the Browns. Yep. Uh, I, I, I'm happy to be one of the voices of college hoops, and, and we'll see how the pathway goes. You know, you guys know it one day, one breath at a time. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you on that, man. It used to be the, the people used to tell me that all the time. You have to pick something, Will. You're doing too many different things. What, like Nobody knows what you actually do. And, and you know what? And maybe it's just d- dumb shit luck, and it probably is. But the entire industry has changed now that you need to be able to do everything. You need to be ambidextrous. You need to be able to to veer and go to different sports and talk about different things. And, and uh, I, I'm glad I never pigeon my hold myself into one thing. I'm sure it did hold me back somewhere in the past, but I feel like it's definitely helped me now. Yeah, I, I think that. And and this is no offense at all, but but like I, I would just say like I don't know. I would probably start to get bored if I was a guy like a Matt Underwood. I, I would love to call the games for the team. And I think I think Matt's very good. I, I know people all, all have their feedback on commentators. Matt's been the voice of the Indians, now Guardians, for a long, long time. And I admire his work. My point is, on this show, is just to say, like, I've, I've never been wired to, like, just sit around for a, two or three weeks or sit around for however long. And, like, I, I don't just want to be a seasonal guy. I don't just want to be a guy that you see on your platform during the fall or during the winter or during March madness. If there's a way for me to get involved in different capacities, why not? Why, yeah. why not give yourself the green light? Like what, what is this unwritten rule that you have to pick one thing? I, I think that's a bunch of BS and I'm, I'm going to keep it that way. That's, that's kind of how I've gone about my road and I'm humble. And I think humility more than anything is important in this because it could all get taken away in a second, but I'm grateful to have what it is. So we've hit our 10 minute warning because I'm too cheap to buy the uh, premium version of zoom. So <laughs> this is, this is where we start to ra- uh, round it off with all our guests. Um, <laughs> We're definitely pro Underwood. Dude. Yes. We, we, we like everybody except for Rosenhaus. But he's just, he can be as nice as he wants. Yeah. God damn. I, I just can't take that drop off from Hamilton to him any longer. It's brutal. Yeah, that's bad. It's, it's true. I actually would appreciate you guys have to do this for another show. Cause I would like this. A local sports anchor's power rankings to me would be interesting. We already kind of did. We so we drafted. Uh, it got a little haywire. We added in like social media people and some other stuff too. But I think we should just do straight sports 
uh, either anchors, radio hosts, just straight sports next time. Because we added in news and everything else, and it got all... Mm-hmm. Sir Yacht was taken first overall as the most hated personality. It was insanity. <laughs> Andre not texted me and was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. What is this thing? And I was like, I don't, don't even worry well, about congratulations it, Congratulations, Andre. <laughs> Andre. Getting drafted, Andre. I love, I love Andre. We're lucky, to, we're lucky to have him. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right, let me. Hey, John, before you go... What what's up, man? Why didn't you make the uh, the the top college basketball personality list? What the hell is that all about? <laughs> I'd put you on there. I didn't even know who some of those guys were. Well, they did do one school per alum, right? Yeah. So I went to Seton Hall. So they did Dick Vitale. Yeah. Seton Hall. It's gonna be tough. Nobody you couldn't beat Dick Vitale. <laughs> Come on, John. <laughs> Nobody is beating Dickie V. So that's that. I mean, look, that list was that list. It's amazing how many lists can just take off. Oh, like, yeah. Like lists, people freaking love lists. They love oh, yeah. everything about them. Now, you know, I mean, I, I, I didn't make it, uh, but I didn't I didn't even know that list existed before it came out. But maybe next time. Uh, here's what I'll say as uh, whether you love him, don't like his voice. I don't care. Dick Vitale has given his life to college basketball. I hope he stays around for however long he can possibly stay around. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad that he's cancer-free and that he'll be back this upcoming season. Oh, how could anybody hate Dick Vitale? Uh, but people yeah. do, which is insane. That just means you hate like a sweet old man who loves college basketball. He, he it's the has same thing such with Corso. a love for it. I mean, yeah. pe- people ripping Corso apart. Guys, come on. You could, you'd only hope to be able to show up to a TV set at his age. Do you know what that guy has to do to get on the set? He's an, he's an older gentleman. He's got to get up and... 5 a.m. Get his clothes on. Get showered. Get the get his walk in. Do all that. Like Lee Corso is one of God's gifts. So to, if you're criticizing old people on TV, <laughs> go find a freaking hobby. <laughs> John, you're a monster, buddy. We appreciate you coming on. We got to have you back on again soon. Maybe we'll do this again as we get a little closer to Cavs season because we got we didn't even get to talk about Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. I would love to come on with you guys anytime. What's being built at Barstool Cleveland? is special and i'm here to cap it off in this way i will be down at the pit thursday and at the dog pound thursday night and i'm not walking away with anything other than a w hell yeah hey we're coming to see you we're going to be shooting a bunch of content bouncing tailgate the tailgate i'm going to shoot you a text or shoot you a dm we'll meet up we got to get you on video with us anytime we get down we need to have you on that's rubbing uh, yeah, no, seriously, I'm about to run through a freaking wall. Yeah, for you, get, you get us pumped. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get this win. All right, John, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Thanks for having me. There Thank you. Is. John Phantom. Holy shit. That was, that was one of our best guests. Plus, on top of that, he's got good internet because we, we didn't have any sort of connectivity issues. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that was so that was smooth. Good. All right, now, now I think that the loss might be over with in my head. Yeah, no. Now, I, I didn't want to I rewatched that. I'm in. that loss last night. I, I went back and I rewatched it because there was so much happening here. I didn't get here because we scooted over from the fucking <laughs> Muni, Muni Enzo is just this lost puppy walking around downtown as everybody was just like every man for themselves and just took <laughs> off in different directions. Dead ass. So I swear to fucking God, even, man. Go we're on. all looking for bird scooters and like. <laughs> I see Jeff go by. I see Nick just <laughs> fucking running to, to go get a bird scooter. Takes off in another direction. I'm in Jenna's car. We're going to pick up pizzas. Yeah, and I'm going down the street. I finally get my bird scooter going, and I just see Enzo walking, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> this poor kid. I nearly left him, and he has no idea where the studio is. So we had to go find him, and we just keep looking for scooters. They're all broken. So we got back here kind of late. 
So how um, much of the game did you miss? I missed the first first half of the first quarter there, and then like you know, I get back here. Uh, I had to go get Sarah then because she showed up here, and then she had to bandage me up because I fucked up my knee. He fell um, loading things into the truck. Yeah, cut I his leg all up. Dude, I don't think Clock doesn't know anything about what split, happened. Clock was just a zombie the yeah. entire weekend. Yeah. Dude. Um, yeah. And then, like, we had to leave early from here. Plus, I had to, like, meet new people. Like, Caleb from Barstool OSU was here. Yep. So, there's just a lot going on. So, I rewatched it. It's crazy that, 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 like, they finally clean up the penalty issue. And they still lose that game. They they don't lose the turnover battle. And they lose that game. Um, you repeatedly see Grant Delpit, like, on, on the sidelines after big gains with his arms out, just kind of looking confused and shaking his head at, at, at other teammates. Yep. Um, I looked it up. And remember, I, I had mentioned a couple times on game day and in the podcast before that, that the Jets always give the Browns a hard time. Mm-hmm. Two and seven versus the Jets since 2010. Yeah, I saw that stat, too. Two and seven. Such it, I just don't even think that matters because it is such a, just a random thing. Like, what is that? Jersey intimidate someone who puts on a brown jersey. But it is still crazy. It's a crazy stat. And to go to your point of they won the turnover battle, you look at just take away the score and just look at the team stats, you would swear that the Browns won that game. Yeah. There, you, it Everything favors the Browns. You could check off every mark all the way down the list, and somehow they lost that game. Um Grant Delpit, who's somebody I'm very high on. I really like Grant Delpit. I think he's a damn good young safety. That shit can't happen. That that is that's how you go from being an elite defense to a below average. One player can do that to you at that position. Yeah. That touchdown right before half that Brees Hall had out of the backfield, he was completely uncovered. Yep. Both of the DBs looked at him and just like he just ran right around the outside, got mm-hmm. the you know, caught the ball and an easy touchdown. Just I think completely he got, uncovered. He got caught on the slant. Someone was reviewing the play on Twitter or something. And he like went with Ward to where it was like Hall just popped out on the flat. That's not knowing your assignment, man. Yeah, exactly. That's not knowing your assignment. And that's a real problem. If you don't know what to do, defensive back is, it's, you know, if you're a lineman, just fucking hit somebody. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. you know, that that's your assignment. You have a gap assignment. Even if you fuck it up a little bit, just blow up the person in front of you and good things will happen a lot of the time. You yeah. can be a fucking idiot. And play defensive line just fine, um, but when you're a defensive back, you you're not going to just make up for it with your athleticism or uh, your physicality. You have to know where you're at, and right. and this guy doesn't seem playable right now. Like, what's Ronnie Harrison doing? Is he that bad that he, he's? I mean, Ronnie Harrison did look that bad at times last year, that's for sure. But still, I mean, I get what you're saying, and I totally understand. You know, I tweeted out earlier in the week, like, how does Joe Wood still have a job? Short week and all that, I get it. I 100% agree with John. By the way, it doesn't even matter we're talking about this bad. I'm still bricked up over Cleveland sports, and I'm so excited <laughs> from John. That guy was just cutting fucking wrestling promos. It was awesome. Uh, but I agree with him. That secondary plays poorly. Actually, any part of that defense plays poorly this Thursday night against a absolutely abysmal Pittsburgh offense, Joe Woods will be fired. I can guarantee that. Ask me. This is the last straw. That's probably why they're not doing it before this game because it's such a short week. It's like, all right, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt now. You fuck up, it's over with with him because it is. Yeah, and look, he's not the one making the mistakes, but you're the coach, and the mistakes keep happening. So at some point, it's the book has stopped mistakes. somewhere. Too many mistakes. Now, what do you guys think about, because, you know, he, he stuck up for Stefanski pretty hard. Um a lot of players had some things to say yeah. after that loss. And, you know, Baker Mayfield was a hated figure around here a lot of times because he would say some shit like that. 
Now, yeah. Miles Garrett is speaking up. Miles Garrett is trying to say he doesn't want the fans to boo, which is like, everybody loves you, man, but fuck off. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, Jimmy Donovan said it booing. best, man. Yeah, they, they, yeah they, Jimmy nailed it. Athletes want it to be a one-way street, and it's not. You're right. It's but I, not. I know where you're going with this. I mean, Joel Batonio, and uh, he, like he came out and said something that kind of went against what Miles said. And then Denzel Ward and Grant Delpit are saying things that kind of go against each other. So this isn't just them speaking out. This is them kind of speaking out against each other. This mm-hmm. this does feel like some some shit in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. And, you know, it, I had mentioned, I had, like, at the post-game show, you know, the vocal leaders, like a Miles needing to step up, get these guys to take some accountability, get them to learn their assignments and do their assignments and take responsibility for their actions. But in that defensive backfield, Denzel Ward has been in the league long enough, and I get that he's kind of a quiet guy, but, like, you need to quietly say some shit then. Mm-hmm. You need to, behind closed doors, pull somebody aside, say, hey, I, you know, I'm the fucking Pro Bowl cornerback. I'm the the most um, tenured guy in this secondary. This is my secondary. Take over. It It is starting to get worrisome that this, you know, you can use the excuse that it's a young roster for only so long. You know what I mean? Yep. This is now multiple years in a row where they were supposed to be a top-tier NFL team, and locker room communication leadership has been an issue and that also at some point will roll right on up to the top to kevin stefanski you're no longer a young locker room when you have guys that have been paid yeah you're right denzel's been paid miles has been paid get your shit together Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i mean i think um of course i didn't refresh this i don't have my pod topics up here that's great um but I, like I said, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse on this one. I do it's feel a big like ass horse, it is a big <laughs> horse. It's a big it, fucking horse. But you got a quick turnaround. Thursday night's coming up. I mean, literally, by the way, we are going to be at Inferno down in the flats. We're going to be bouncing around, tailgate to tailgate. We're going to figure out exactly the, the logistics of that beforehand. Then we're doing a watch party at Inferno in the flats. By the way, do you know it's not Dante's anymore? Mm-hmm. So it's not Dante. It's only Inferno. You just blew my mind. Yeah, I didn't know that. I always thought it was Dante's. But it is only in Inferno, but it's the same place. Twice as cool because we're going to be there. And we're throwing a watch party during the game. So go do your tailgating. Come down there and kick it. Watch the game with us. Plenty of drinks. I know there's like specials. And we got some merch to give away and prize wheel and all that other crazy shit that we usually do. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be there after my show. It is, it is a very quick turnaround to, to Thursday night, which may be the best case scenario. Against the team that is a bad offense and a quarterback that is reeling in Mitch Trubisky. Um, yes, they're a good defense for sure. But I think the Browns have proven now they are going to be able to run on just about anybody in this league. It's just about can the defense hold the other team from big plays? They should be able to win. This feels like a good get-right game. I know it's the Steelers. I know that sounds crazy. But this feels on paper like this should be a good get-right team for this for, game for this team. It's a pretty good wide receiver room still. Um, So that when, when the secondary is your issue, that is a little bit worrisome. They don't have T.J. Watt. So they're not going to be applying as much pressure, but that uh, was it. Highsmith kid, mm-hmm. he's he's been pretty damn good too. They they always fucking have somebody. Yeah, they do. It pisses me off. I hate it so but they, much. They are in full blown rebellion against the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Right? I mean, did you see yeah. Mike Tomlin's comments? He goes, "I have to exercise patience when asked about his fucking offensive coordinator." They've Which is something you don't see in Pittsburgh, like man. Like, no, I, I, I mean, since Todd Haley. Yeah. When has there been any sort of real? Well, I guess now there has been times I'm, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass, like all the Le'Veon Bell shit, all the Antonio Brown shit. So no, they, they've dealt with plenty of shit in their yeah. locker room. It's just dealing with the, like 
the quarterback, I'd say, like running the offense through him and shit, because it's been Big Ben, so it's obviously different. But, you know, just knowing Ben's tendencies, knowing that he's going to come through and pull through and kind of a leader, like Trubisky's probably not as much as a leader. No, he's so a quiet guy. They more say. So yeah, he's much, much on the quiet. coaching and shit like that. I think uh, the worst case scenario for the Browns on Thursday, well, obviously, is a loss. But the way that you get there almost assuredly, because we've seen it a million times, and I shouldn't even say this out loud because I might just jinx it, but I can just see the scenario where Mitch Trubisky goes down with an injury, middle of the game, Kenny Pickett comes in, and we've all seen it before, and all the kid just starts lighting him the fuck up, and that's where the secondary issues pop up. Like that to me is the nightmare scenario. I swear to God. <laughs> That was just going through my head, and I was going to keep it to myself because I was going to sound like a Steelers fan. <laughs> like, I mean, but dude, I, this is... I, I was like, oh, don't say that shit. <laughs> but like, it went through my head right before you said it. It's the most Browns thing that could possibly yeah, it happen. it really is, other than Sunday. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and I don't... Look, I don't even want to get into the whole thing on Sunday, like... To blame Nick Chubb, to not blame Nick Chubb, to, you know... Oh, like, you no, no, fuck off. Anybody that blames Nick Chubb, fuck off. And look, technically, you are right. If he goes down or tops out of bounds or whatever, and even he said it, the game is over there. But, dude, we're splitting hairs at that point. If you can't hold a fucking 13-point lead with a minute 20-something to go or whatever it is, then you're not an NFL defense. He busted. Like, the one time he did step out of bounds to ice the game, He, I'm sure it was told to him in the huddle, if yeah. you can do this. And it was a, a longer run that he had on that play. Mm-hmm. So he he had broken out into open space and had multiple seconds to consider his actions. This one, he fought all the way into the fucking goal line. You you don't have the wherewithal to consider your actions. You're all just fucking go. Yeah. You're all instinct at that point. So and that, and to, he, to that think, was like him scoring. I was like icing the game, too. There yeah, were about two scores after that. Nobody, nobody considered telling him. him in the huddle, don't get that touchdown. Don't pad the stat sheet. Don't keep continue with your, you know legacy in the NFL and making money because every touchdown you put on the books, that's more money for you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a lot of times what we do in Cleveland, especially with social media and Twitter, is we we bad things happen to us with our sports teams. And then the way we occupy our mind is to pick one specific thing and argue about it to the death. Baker Mayfield was a great... Uh, a, a lot of times Baker Mayfield was the arguing pointer for games last year, and he was not the only issue. No, nope. maybe not even the biggest issue in some he of those just losses. Easy to pick. Huh? Yeah, exactly. It was easy because <laughs> he was very divisive, and people like to fight about it on Twitter. This one this week, you saw Ben Axelrod and you know uh, Chris Fedor, and they were like ready for fucking war, and they were gonna. It was it's Nick Chubb's issue. He was he right, and so people they're gonna defend their guy, and that's what people did to keep themselves occupied. Me, I watched it happening, but I didn't even get in the fray because it's the dumbest fucking argument. It really does not matter because it happened, right? It happened, and. You're you're in the middle of a football game. There's a minute something left, and you're going to go up 13 points. They think 14 points because Cade York hasn't missed the extra point yet. That game is fucking over. 99.9, actually, 99.7% of the time because there was a 0.3% chance that the Jets could win that game, and they ended up doing it. So I just think it's such a it's a, such a non-argument. It's just something that people do just to occupy their time. And then you got people like Mike Ammo. Did you see that meltdown go down on Twitter? Who the fuck is Mike Ammo? So he's a guy... He's just a kid who is like a Twitter personality. I don't even say Twitter, he's just a dude, but he's very, very divisive. He goes at the girl gang all the time. They argue about things constantly. He's a big Bitcoin guy. He's really into Fords. Ah. And uh, he <laughs> he was obviously all banged up. 
And someone quoted him. He was he always said, fuck Jacoby Brissett, fuck Jacoby Brissett, like a six-tweet thing. Baker would be 2-0. One of the girl gang girls quote tweeted him and said, Baker's not even 2-0 in Carolina. And I don't have the exact things in front of me because I couldn't find him. I was looking for him earlier. But he said something to the effect of, you don't know sports, but you can still get this tongue and gave her the tongue emoji. And then people were like, what is your problem? And then he like was like threatening to fight some of them. Like, and then the next day I got on Twitter and was like, you know, I need to do better. I need to. Really <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. It was a, it was a, I mean, that's what Twitter is great for right there. That's a watch that from afar Ooh. is the best. That's good Twitter. That's also what the Browns do to people. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I and look, I've I've met Mike in in real life. I follow him on Twitter. He's muted. I don't care if he knows that. Um, I'm I don't want. I feel like I know Mike enough where I want, don't want to unfollow him, but I also just don't want to see what he says. Does that make fair sense? Enough. Yeah, no, yeah fair exactly. Enough. There's people like that. Yeah. So, oh, my mute list. I've said it many times. Is like looks like the beginning thing on Star Wars. It's the longest <laughs> thing you've ever seen in your life. Um, but you know, I get I get that you could get that emotional after a game. When when Miles Garrett swung the helmet, I tweeted out, "Good, finally we're not getting bullied." And people went at me so hard. I hadn't tweeted in months at that point. At that point in my life, people went at me really hard for that one. I let like yeah, and fuck them. Yeah, (laughs) fuck everybody. Now I don't care. Fuck Mason Rudolph. Fuck the Steelers. I never gave us single shit other than the fact that I knew he'd get suspended, and it was like a crucial time for the team. Um, by the way, Miles Garrett didn't practice today. They had Jesse James and who else went on IR? Chase Winovich Chase went on Winovich IR, IR and uh, Clowney's out. Joel Batonio yeah. is uh, questionable, questionable and didn't practice today either. I guess it said biceps. Yeah, both of his biceps. He was curling somebody. It, and it didn't go well. Uh, from from everything I've heard, uh, it sounds like they're gonna play. Like unless something goes really wrong, but that's yeah. not something you want to see. Obviously, uh, on a Tuesday of a, before a Thursday night game. Do you see, I mean, and we've talked about PFF being largely dog shit, but uh, the Miles Garrett grades? No, I didn't see God, it. man, his his run-stopping grade is is in the 50s. It's terrible. Really? It's I bad. mean, I don't think that, that I, I obviously am not watching every single play, but just from like a, a you know, the 10,000-foot bird's-eye view, I mean, I wouldn't, I, that might not be that wrong. <laughs> I don't think it's wrong, now. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, every time there's a run, it's to his side. Like, anything that gets a good gain, it's to his side. This has been an issue through his entire career. I'm also not going to get on him too hard about it because he's more or less a pass rush specialist, and maybe we just need to accept that fact that he is one of the greats in that category, you know, in this in this era. But he just maybe doesn't have that fully well rounded game. You know, Clowney, you you would like a little bit more on the pass rush side from Clowney, but that dude's a monster in stopping the run. I know he's fantastic at it. Like it's it's great, but like being a liability is not good, man. Like I I know I take a lot of shit for for thinking Miles is just a step or two below what what people think he is, but being able to stop the run and, and being an actual liability. Yeah. Like it downgrades you a little bit, just being able to rush the passer. If you're, you know, only getting a certain amount of hurries and only getting home a certain amount of times, like they only sacked Joe Flacco twice that whole game. Miles got one Which of them. Crazy. Like the, the guy that he was going up against and I get that he's getting chipped and they're leaving um, tight ends in for even longer than a chip there. They're, they're bringing the back over to the side. So sometimes he's triple teamed, but like, you, you just you need a little bit more, and that left tackle was the third string left tackle. But also, I mean, you got to zoom out from that grade too, right? Because like, 
it's not Miles Garrett's fault that those big plays were given up. Sure. Right? No. So like his run, while his run grade might not be great on PFF, that has not affected them. It, should, it has not made it so they haven't they haven't got like ran all over them. No. You know what I mean? Brees Hall had a pretty good game. Yeah, though. I mean it was. Yeah, but I think that kid's gonna be really good. By the way, he's oh yeah, yeah. Um, thirty six overall pick. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. he's he's gonna be good. But you know, those aren't. That's not the reason that they've lost these games. So I'm not going to sit here and dwell on it. And, and like, yeah. I'd like for him to be better, obviously. But whatever they're doing defensively is working, except for the fact that secondary can't communicate, and a lot of it seems to be on Delpit and honestly on Ward. Ward's been a guy who's yeah, looked like I he's mean, had that a couple was on plays too. That pass to Corey Davis, that was on Ward's side. It was Ward and Delpit, I'm pretty sure, right? And they and you had former DBs arguing all over Twitter about whose responsibility that was. Yeah, I, I saw all that. It was all over the place. They were all arguing about it. So, I mean, look, this is what this team does to us. It's that the video we put out today, that guy just punching himself in the face over and over. That that's Brown's fandom. That that that's what it is. You we punch. have so many clips of just the ultimate acts of frustration. That guy walking out of the field. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> There's the guy that just rips his jersey in half. Oh, man. Somebody threw a bottle at the owner like the fucking Brian, champion Brian. that they are. So how, what was your bail to get out for throwing that bottle at Jimmy Haslam, Brian? Man, I have such a good alibi. Like I, I, I can't throw. My right arm is fucked. That uh, was a, it was a weak throw though. If yeah, it was a weak throw. Shit. That looked like somebody with a shoulder uh, problem. Maybe it was lefty. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've played you in ping pong left hand. You definitely could throw a bottle, dude. If you I fucking, one. if I did throw a bottle at Jimmy Haslam, I really would be so proud of myself. <laughs> I'm so proud of the person that did do it. I probably over the fact that they were drinking Deja Blue. <laughs> that's all I serve there. Fuck him, and and fuck anybody on Twitter talking about how you know the the, the fan deserves it. Yeah, you should probably ban him from the stadium. I get that, but yeah, but he earned. I mean, like if you're him and you threw the bottle at him, I can't imagine that's one of those moments where you're just like, oh shit, I usually like Jimmy Haslam. I was just mad there. He probably was like, fuck that guy. Throwing a shitty toss at of a water bottle at Jimmy Haslam was probably not in the top. 600 worst things that happened in that stadium that day. Oh, for sure. Like that, that is such a mild act. You just did it at the fucking owner. So you're going to get the most consequences, but all the vile things that happened in that stadium, which I stand behind well, and almost all and of them. outside the stadium. When you had fucking uh, those scumbags with the fucking table with the man, dude, that was the worst look. We probably, oh yeah. I, like, oh my God. It doesn't matter well, if you, yeah. it, maybe you support Deshaun Watson and maybe you are a fan of him. I think we talked about this in the post game pot. That is not, you're now you're making the guy you're trying to root for look bad too. When you make Deshaun Watson jerseys that say rubbing and tugging, you're making us look bad. And all you're doing is highlighting the thing that everybody's mad about the guy you're trying to root for. Like, when what you, do they get out of that? Like, I just don't. The get it. They love that attention. Attention. I'm not oh, going to say the name. Of the, I'm not going to say the name of that group because everybody knows who it is. Yeah. I don't even want to give them the attention. That's just it's scumbag shit. Yeah. Man. That's what that is. Like, if your stance is there were two grand juries that didn't indict anything. Everything was settled, settled out of court. There's some sort of reasonable doubt there. I don't think he did it. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to criticize you. I, I personally disagree, but like I, I'm not going to criticize you. If you're going, yeah, he did it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And let's put a mannequin out with a towel over it with a heart on. Yeah, like, Jeez. shit's corny, man. I mean, we, we first got there in the muni lot. I was there at 5 a.m., and Budosh was there um, hey, you know, helping out set up, and he goes, hey, man. There's a mannequin over there with like a heart on and everything. We should go. Somebody said we should go get some video of him. Like, don't go anywhere near that fucking thing. No. no. Don't go take pictures of it. Don't. And I look, I get that's a missed opportunity for us content wise because it would have went stupid viral. But I, I 
took this job here. I left my old job, which was a career, like a legit career running a, a business, to come here because I, I'm like John, I am passionate about Cleveland sports. I'm passionate about the city. I want us to be shown in the correct light. It means something to me when people come up and go, hey man. Really appreciate the way you guys represent Cleveland. It's awesome that we have some representation at Barstool. That means something to me. That bullshit that those guys were doing, that no. ain't, that's not Cleveland, man. That's Those people are in every city. Mm-mm. They are in ev- There's a portion of every fan base that's like that, and fuck them. That's what I yeah. say. If I, I'm not going to help them give any more, shine any more light on what they do because I don't give a shit about it. 100%. Stay away from that. Wouldn't even went by it. Wouldn't even recorded it or nothing. Don't show it. No attention because that's what they want. Yeah. We look, I listened to... Uh, Part of my take today, because I just didn't have time yesterday, and they did about seven straight minutes on it, and uh, it's fucking embarrassing. I mean, that it was is, really, really embarrassing. That like, that's especially from the outside, like people are just looking at like, like judging every Browns fan now. Yep. You know, like you guys went to Canton and shit, and Sam said you guys were getting dogged. Oh, you guys are Browns fans. Ugh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hundred like, percent. That's what it is. It's it sucks, and uh, you know, I mean, all we can do is just try to do what we do and not. And ignore that bullshit, but you know, just be better, man. That's like I said, if you're rooting for Deshaun Watson, you're doing him a disservice at this shit. You're not helping the cause by that. You know, and it's not funny. Like the you're trying to make a joke about something you probably shouldn't be joking about anyway, but it's also not landing. That shit wasn't funny. You know what I mean? The amount of shit I'm willing to put up with and look the other way as far as bad behavior goes is astounding. But like there's there's apparently that's the line. Yeah, that's like I, 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 to to create like the worst day in somebody's life because they sat in the dog pound wearing a visitor's jersey. Like, yeah, I'm I'm cool with all of that. That doesn't bother <laughs> me at all. I hope that they leave saying that these are the most classless, awful people. I love that. I actually I like that. Don't don't bring your bitch I'm ass in the you dog pound. That. that you don't belong there. That's ours. Mm-hmm. The animals are running the asylum, and we like it that way. Yep. But like, if you're just gonna be this fucking extra level bullshit scumbag, like fuck off. We we want to be crazy animals, but there, there is a step too far. Well, Big Cat said that he goes of all places the Muni lot. He said the Muni lot is like it's international waters. It's lawless, and and you know. Um, uh, PFT was like, basically, he's like, it's a, uh, it's the only law is that you have to break laws, and that still went somehow too far. Like, it is the muni lot is madness. It's why we went down there. It's full blown chaos. It is fucking awesome. It's part of what makes this the actually it is pretty much the only thing that has made Browns football awesome still through all the bad years. But that type of shit is just you know. Someone should have destroyed it, honestly. If I would have saw it, I feel like I would have gathered people to go and destroy that. <laughs> I don't know if you're in any condition to be destroying anything but your liver this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I still don't feel good. Uh, knowing the kind of people who are going to put something like that up, if you destroy their thing, they're going to fist fight you. Yeah. So yeah. be prepared for a fist fight if you're going to do something like that. I had like Youngstown that. Bob following me over. I would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Is he your enforcer? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Bob's a big sweetheart. I don't know how well that's yeah. going to work out for you. I don't know, you. man. Yeah. Bob could probably handle his own, but I don't think he's taking on multiple guys. We, yeah. we had a couple guys that were at our tailgate. We're like, yeah, you could have brought these dudes as enforcers, but they might have been on their side as well. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, right. I will say that the people that we were hanging out with at our tailgate, the people I grew up with are fighters. They're, they were, they're willing to go 20 on 20 at the drop of a dime. They've gotten a little older now. They don't do it as often. Thank God, because we don't need to be doing that type of shit. 
that would have been the correct crew to go try to do something with. But there's no reason to do that. I just, like I said, just we are in our my crew didn't even show up. They are the exact opposite of that. They are definitely <laughs> not that. Uh, oh, while while I'm on the subject of that crew, um, Karen Kessler. Karen. Karen Kessler's getting a shout out every single week now. Hi, I saw her this weekend and she was just so excited that she's been getting shout outs. <laughs> and so I was just gushing about how much she loves the show. So Pod Mom, shout, yeah. shout out to her. It, it was uh it was kind of crazy how many people came up. It was always almost a little jarring at points like with how many people were coming up saying that they they fuck with the podcast, listen to the podcast, you know, love the social media, love the videos. Um and yeah. I think even more so, I tweeted out there's a guy walked by us at Lago and called us a gay slur, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, that's kind of awesome." We don't have any branding, and you knew where we were. Like, I don't, like you know, well, that's 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 awesome. The hate is starting to ratchet up too, which is that's good. I had a buddy in thing. town that I hadn't seen in like four years, and he's been listening to the podcast, loves it. Like, and that's what people kept wanting to talk to me about as I'm hanging out with all my friends. Was like a lot of the podcast, and I'm trying to catch up with my buddy I haven't seen in forever, and like I'm bad at texting and yeah, and kind of keeping uh, you know in communication from a distance. So I hadn't seen him, hadn't talked to him that much, but we're still very close and I'm trying to catch up with him. But all these things that I'm saying, he'd already heard on here. <laughs> so like, I didn't even know what to say. At some of the time. <laughs> it's good though, man. Yeah. Yeah. Clark. There's uh, two kids that I played baseball with when I was younger from South Euclid, probably haven't seen them in 10 plus years. And they came over to the shit. They actually took a picture with us with Lowe and all them. They were just talking to me about it, like, wow, like, you, like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is crazy, this and that. Like, how'd you get involved? All this crazy shit. Like, they had no idea. So that, that was pretty cool. But how, what, what percentage think? of the weekend do you remember, would you say? Um, you're not I, a big blackout guy either. I'm not a big blackout guy. So, but you were walking around in a brownout for quite a while on Sunday, for sure. Yes. I mean, sun, <laughs> Sunday, being in the Muni lot. Up until game time was cool, but I don't remember some parts. Like I asked Christian, did I see you on Sunday? And I definitely saw him Sunday, but I didn't know. Uh, but Saturday night was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your sister looked like she was going through it too. Oh, uh, my sister blacked out too, I think she said. she's like, She was like, that was the first time I don't remember going to sleep. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember going to sleep either. We went to forward and stuff, and I guess I the girl gave me a champagne bottle and I shook it and it went all over this random dude like in front of us. And then he poured a drink on me and I was just like laughing about it. Like, I don't even remember doing that. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck it. But yeah, that was a uh, 27. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still not feeling good, huh? No, good for you. Not at all. Good for you. It's rough. Um, oh, by the way, we have some new additions besides the microphone arms. Uh, we have a couple new additions in here. Did you see all the plants over in the window? No. Right, those are all temporary. They came from the house. Jenna brought those in. But more importantly, hold on. Do we do we get more ring lights somehow? We have so many ring lights. There's one more. Yeah. One did just get out. I'm gonna grab this mic. Wow. Look, up look at the butt cheeks on that thing. Oh, look at this. Got yeah. People on the pot, on uh, YouTube can see it. We got a um. This table, by the way, I think is worth a bunch of money. It's I've never I tried to find them online. You literally can't find them. Really, really heavy. It's a big, like, Bruce the Buckeye glass end table. But look at the ass cheeks they put on this. Yeah, table. man, like a Pixar mom. Like, dude, he is caked up. Yeah, he can get it. <laughs> look at him he go. <laughs> that boy does not skip leg day. He's no. doing his squats. He looks like, remember Michael Turner? 
Yeah. <laughs> he's like Michael Turner. <laughs> he's doing like every Instagram workout girls workout where they only do ass workout yeah, every day yeah, because that's yeah. what gets the views. That's what Brutus is doing. So if you if you are listening to the podcast, go check it out on the YouTube because he is just caked the fuck up. He's got one of those bands that go around his knees yeah, exactly. and he's just doing yep. shit like that yep. all the time. Um, so yeah, he's a little new addition to the studio there too. That's cool. Um, Guardians. Guardians. This is it tonight. Um, what are we, about an hour away from first pitch? Yeah, a little over an hour away from first pitch by the time you listen to this tomorrow. We'll know the results of game number one. You just got to take one game. You just can't get swept. But I don't even like that mentality. I keep seeing people say that on Twitter, and I understand the pitching matchups are not that great for this three-game series here. I understand the White Sox are talented. Their backs are against the wall. I don't... You know why I don't like that, Brian? And I know it's the reality. You just need one game. I don't like it because I think this is a statement series for a young team who's going to say, no, 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 this is our division for the next three to four seasons. You're going to have to run through us, especially after uh, what what uh, Andrew said the other day about how they're going to crumble down the stretch. If they're able to shove that shit right back in his face in their own house, I think that is a huge step for a young roster. I don't think that the pitching matchups are that bad other than tonight. Yeah, tonight's isn't good. Tonight's is terrible. Yeah. Uh, Savali coming off injury, not having a great season, um, and you're going to go up against Cease, and he has been great. He's yeah, really good. <laughs> Game two, McKenzie has shown absolute flashes of brilliance, so it just depends on which McKenzie you get. But Lance Lynn, yeah, he, he killed us last time he went up against us. But th- overall this season, he has not been great. And then the final game, Johnny Cueto, who I guess had just gotten shelled and has, had been kind of banged up. Versus Shane Bieber, which I like our odds in that one. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're, I think that if I had to guess, that's probably the game that they're going to be favored in, right? I'd imagine. But yeah. like, it seems like some of the bats, and I'll, I'll knock on wood, but um, Ahmed Rosario has battled back from, from a dip in his, his production. Yep. Uh, Stephen Kwan has, has, you know, been steady most of the year, but dip below 300. He, he had a couple good days. Um, Oscar Gonzalez has been great. And then you got some, Pretty big production past couple of days out of uh, Naylor. And if he can get back into it, add that to everybody else. But at the same time, I'm also with, with the way that they've been do, playing this well. It's not the 22-game streak, but maybe this you know logically doesn't make sense, but emotionally it does. Them getting too hot too early. That, that is a big they worry. they got to yeah. close it out. Yeah, it is a big worry. Um, it happens all the time. So it's like... People who only live in analytics say that that's not real. But yeah. you can see it with your eyes. It happens, happens not a lot. every season, but it happens very often, right? Mm-hmm. There's teams that just get really hot really early and they fizzle out. My buddy Brandon was at the tailgate with us who is who's embracing his uh what's the guy's name from Major League? Turn this place into a Randy Quaid. You know, parking lot. He's like, until they win something, he wins a playoff series, he's gonna embrace that role. And I love that for him. That's for him. I'm staying positive vibes here. But he said the same thing. You know, he's like, this is just uh, he's worried that they got too hot too early and they're going to fizzle out down the stretch. They'd have to be abysmal to not make the playoffs at this point. So that's why I would like for them to put the exclamation mark on the season right here in this three-game series. Bury them cockroaches. I want to know what... Uh, I'm trying to look it, it up now. Love it. I just want to see what... Because the White Sox have to play the Twins a decent amount to close the year out. Yeah. What have they been like as a matchup this year? I don't know what their record against one another this year has been like. I don't know, but I know the Twins never want to see the Guardians ever again. What a, oh, yeah. what a nightmare of a season. <laughs> I love it. That is, dude, and uh, I think it was uh, Jordan Zerm the other day tweeted out, he's like, oh my God, the reactions to this 
uh, the the last win over the Twins under the final score. I don't know when it happened, and that's this is how like that Guardians win hive account started and all that shit. Excuse me. Um, under final scores for games are the best thing on Twitter now. Mm-hmm. The memes and shit talking that happens underneath those. It, it happens so fast. It is, exactly. People just have them locked and loaded and ready to go, and they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They are so funny. I That is probably what I spend the most time doing on Twitter, is looking underneath. I always go to random games, like after a baseball game ends or something, I see like, Coach and I always go like pull it up and just, just scroll through the comments. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, anything for real. Any big news, like go look at the first fucking re- response and stuff. <laughs> it is so funny. Some of the shit people come up with is great it's crazy it's crazy tristan mckenzie liked one of my memes i made yeah it was a good one commented on it and liked it yeah it's cool dr sticks out there man look gotta keep team motivated over here yeah i think uh um i think we're in for i think we're in for playoff baseball i don't want to speak out of school speak too quickly jinx it we're in for playoff baseball i'm gonna be living down here at that point i'm fucking hyped to walk over the bridge or take the lime over the bridge and go to a game hang out and in the you know get just in in the middle of the vibes downtown it's mm-hmm. gonna be it's gonna be awesome my son even said to me the other day we're riding in the car he goes i can't wait to be downtown with playoff baseball i'm like oh man fuck yeah. yeah let's go yes and just like john said we do have three legit sports teams like probably since 07 right yeah yeah i would say and once 07, you get, once you get to the uh i mean like our bullpen has been very good but once you get to playoff baseball this bullpen you know what the roles are and fucking six through nine is spoken for. Yeah. If you need to get, you know, a six through nine appearance, you might get a Shane Bieber eight inning performance. Hell, nine inning performance with the way he's been going. Hell yeah. Um, but, you know, Stefan had a rough go. It's going to happen. But um, Stefan, Karen Chak, mm-hmm. and, and Class A to close it out, get some Sam Hentges in there, even some Nick Sandlin in there. Yeah. That's a strong young bullpen. Some 2016 vibes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for this run here, and I think it starts in this three game stretch. Like I said, just slam the door shut. Yeah. Slam the. Sh- it just it would make such a statement, not just in the AL Central, but I think around Major League Baseball, because a lot of people are still looking at the AL Central, just going, ah, it's a dog shit, it's a dog shit division. Someone's just going to win it by default, and the Guardians, you know, they're young, but you know, you know yeah. I think, I think that that says something. If you're able to go, because the White Sox are a talented team, you're able to go into their house, slam the door shut in their face, and solidify your spot in the playoffs. I think yeah. I think that's what you need to do. Got to. Um, you think Tito wins manager of the year? He's not going to. He should. He absolutely he should. should. If they if they make the playoffs, absolutely. Who else would be in the running? Oh, let's see. Let's pull him up. Because I just saw somebody tweet it the other day and I can't remember. Let's see. Maybe like uh I mean the Astros have been fuck the best Astros. team in the AL. All right, let's see. I thought I was gonna say like the Mets for a second, but they blew their lead. But they clinched the playoffs. They did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that, that's NL versus AL. There's, yeah. there's, there's oh, one there's from two? each. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, MVP. Let's see here. Jesus Christ! Why is this so hard to find right now? Um, I don't know. Are we back at that Ohio City spot? Back at this. The, these noises in the background. This is uh, people upstairs at some like school, and they like the whole room, the whole building vibrates when they roll their garbage cans around. It's insane. I mean, school yeah, of they're crafts. never here this late. No, so I don't know what's going on. School of craft, dude. Yes. That fucking music on Sunday was so loud. See, and it doesn't appear that bad on the podcast. It didn't bother me at all. Which, oh, it, it rattled me. Yeah, so you got to get it together, brother. Like I, my first ever job doing remote broadcast was at Panini's on High Street. 
is it High Street? Whatever the main street is in, in Columbus after Ohio State games. And we were on a stage. It was the loudest place you've ever heard in your life. And we had to do a post-game show where you're talking stats. Wow. You're breaking it down. Got it. You got this, man. I'm telling you. You got you got to you my got the voice first one. Almost gone already. <laughs> wow. How many pods have we had? That was my first miss one. Let's Since see. Jump. I can tell you right now how many we had. Um Since February to a week. Uh Oh, you know what? I can't actually. I don't know the exact number. Um 7 months. We're at like somewhere near 70, something like that. I hope it, uh, I went 69 in a row and I missed the 70. <laughs> that would be hot. That would be funny. <laughs> Joe Thomas is going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot. You see that? Yeah. yeah. First ballot Hall of Famer. Not, it's a no-brainer. It has what, to be. Dwight Freeney, Darrell Ravens, some animals. That is, a, that is a really good class. Great list. That's going to be... There's some guys that got left off that I, I thought were pretty crazy too. Some different wide receivers. Who? Like Torrey Holt had a, a, an amazing He got career. left off? Yeah. Like, didn't retired, get voted man. in, but he was on the ballot last year. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he's a dog. I always love Tory Holt. Anybody who was, like, into Madden in those years, like the early 2000s years, everybody knows Tory Holt. Holt yeah. Gotta get Steve Smith in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Steve Smith. Oh, hell yeah. He was one of my favorites. What's the story? He used to keep uh, the list of all the teams that passed him up on the draft in his locker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come up on their locker. That's, that's awesome. Trash. Yeah. Trash. trash. Fuck boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Steve Smith. Yeah, about, he's great. Chad Johnson... Has he been nominated yet? I don't think he deserves it. You don't think? No, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Huh. I feel like I'd have to go look at him. He's just a polarizing figure. He, go he was good. He was very good. I don't think Hall of Fame. Hmm. You would have T.O. above him? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, T.O. Not, not even close. I think T.O. is in the, in the top tier of receivers of all time. I, I don't think like, he's one of the greats, but I think he's in the oh, top yeah, tier. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Him, T.O., Randy Moss. Um... But I feel like if we're talking Chad Johnson, I feel like Torrey Holt's right there with him. Man, Torrey Holt put up some monster numbers those years down in St. Louis, though. And won. Yeah, and won. And won, yeah. Winning, yeah. Chad had some numbers, though. What is this with Chad Johnson career numbers? Because I, I couldn't even, off the top of my head, I couldn't even give you a guess at what Chad Johnson's career numbers were. All right, let's see here. He has total uh, 11,000 receiving yards in, what, a 10-year career? Three, six, 11-year career, 11,000 receiving yards. In 10 years, he had 10,783 yards. I mean... How many 100-yard season, or 100 reception, 1,000-yard season? 1,000-yard uh, seasons, he only didn't have... Um, so three of his last four were under 1,000. But every other season except for his rookie year was above. And he had a 1,440-yard season, 1,432-yard season, a 1,369-yard season, and a 1,355-yard season. Those are, those are big years. He was good. He was I'm so not saying good. he wasn't. I just I don't see him as a Hall of Fame talent. Double-digit TDs in 2003, nine TDs three other times, eight TDs once. He put up some fucking numbers. Yeah, numbers. Holy shit. That was the only AFC North jersey other than a Browns player that I had, Chad Johnson. He's also one of the funniest people on the face of the earth. I don't. I, he's just not a real human being. Like I he, like that he does. He does barstool shit here and there. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, he'll do anything. He's he just, funny. He just literally like he walks into places, just buys everybody's yeah food. He's like, I know he's, he's McDonald's like, every day. Yeah, he's McDonald's <laughs> every single day. Um, like he just won't get into a relationship. Like he's just like he's just a crazy person. Like, well, I mean, he had a really bad relationship at one point, yeah. very publicly. Yes, <laughs> he, I, I think, uh, and he'll just like you know, 
who wants me to come? You know, I came up with one thing he did with the. It was like something like who wants who wants me to come to their high school football game or something like that. And all these people respond. He just picked somebody. He just like flew there and went to their high school football that's game sick. and like kicked it. Like, yeah, that's just somebody with a shit ton of money who's just like bored and like I need to do something. It's fun though. That's yeah, it's probably awesome. fun to him. You know. Yeah, for sure. And he don't. I'm pretty sure he doesn't drink, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he drinks. He says he doesn't. I feel like he's got to do something. But I mean, if you eat McDonald's, well, if you eat McDonald's every day. You and you still are in good shape. You definitely don't drink because you can't yeah, do both. Yeah, you got to yeah. pick one or the other. Vice, like I don't even care how much of a freak you are. You can't mm-hmm. do both. Um. Oh, the other thing I wanted to bring up though, um, is we're about an hour twenty in here. By the way, how good was fucking John Phantom, man? Dude is a yeah passion. Awesome. That was awesome. That was a great guess. Um, how about this whole uh, Adam Levine thing? Well, this dude, I was, saw that he was cheating. So an Instagram model comes out. Says that she's like, yeah, I was having an affair with Adam Levine, lead singer of Maroon Five, um, pretty notorious douchebag. He's been rumored to have been fucking models on the side. He's, he's married to and has kids with one of the most gorgeous Victoria's Secret models of all time. Which and, one? Uh, I don't know her name because I don't know anybody's name. Hold on, uh, let's see here. Let's go, Adam Levine. Why don't you look that up while I finish the story? Adam you Levine's wife. There you go. Um, and he's always rumored to be like banging other models here and there. Well, anyway, some Instagram model comes out and says I had about a year affair with Adam Levine. And um, and uh, I, I'm only reason I'm coming forward is because some of the text got leaked and somebody's trying to sell it to a tabloid. So I'm just trying to get in front of it. The way he came back in my life was he sent me a message and asked if he could name his next kid with his wife after her. That I is saw some, that. That is some wild shit. That's like some. You, there's some issues. That's some. I'm, I have way too much money. I could fuck anything I want. I'm gonna do this because this seems fun. <laughs> her name is Bahati Prinsloo. I have never heard that name in my life. She she is a Bahati. Did you see the pictures of her? She is. Fucking, she's, she's a smoke show. That's a oh Jesus. Um, she's a a Nambian model. Yeah, the name and the the kid after the mistress. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. That's a that's one. That's like some. Uh, I don't know. Generally, goes to like is that a narcissist? Yeah, I think that's like narcissistic, right? Like that's like sociopathic. Yeah, narcissistic. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he thinks crazy shit. Yeah, you and is very self-centered. Yeah, you want that satisfaction of seeing that kid every single day and thinking about another woman that you used to have an affair with. That's fucked up. Were you just that fucking oblivious that you're like, um, you know what? I like that name. <laughs> just this girl aside, I really like that name. Or I wonder. Actually, there's another, and I, I not to give him any benefit of the doubt because I think he was a giant douchebag. But what if his wife uh, just randomly? had that narrowed down in like the final three names and he was like fuck need to get ahead of this one and he had to go and like you think you still wouldn't say you i'm naming the kid after you but i the whole i guess the whole thing is this girl claims that he was telling her that he was actually divorced from his wife and they just couldn't go public with it because it would have been a pr nightmare and then when she actually found out that he was never divorced he was still married she cut it off so maybe he was you know what i mean the whole thing just seems messy but that is some weird shit man I wonder who, what the, what the name was that he wanted to name the kid. Sumner. It's a uh, yeah. Sumner. Yeah. Sumner. Her name's Sumner. Oh fuck! That's not even. It's not <laughs> even like it was like Jen. No, it's a and dumb it's fucking name. And didn't she? She posted a TikTok or something like kind of like admitting to it. Didn't you say that or no? Yeah, yeah, no. Sure. That's how this whole thing came out. Yeah. Um, Sumner Stroh is her name. She also in the TikTok says she's an Instagram model twenty four times. Wow, she must get, as an Instagram model, like yeah. not that like I mean I, I guess I am shaming her a little bit, but like why do you have to keep saying you're an Instagram model? Like, I mean, we, I believe me, we all assumed it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think you were, uh, you know, a, a scientist at NASA. She didn't know what else to say. 
Yeah, man. That dude's... Uh, and then he put out some... He put out a real dog shit statement today. He's like, I never had an affair, but I let some flirting go across the line and blah, 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 blah. Focus on my family. We'll get through this together. <laughs> like, oh boy. Oh, man. This girl, know, this Sumner Stroh just looks... She she looks like of the basic package of Instagram model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, there's no upgrade. Like that's the the lowest trim model. You can yeah. Because we're just shitting on her. The we're just victim shaming. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you ruin Adam Levine's marriage? <laughs> that man makes magical music. <laughs> Didn't you see him perform with his shirt off that one year? It was a Super Bowl, and right? Then every other time he performed with his shirt off. <laughs> he that was the worst Super Bowl sh- halftime show ever. By the way, that was terrible. I don't know. I don't know the Who was really that. bad. Oh, the I Who was. Loved the Who. Yeah, the Who was really bad. They were just too. ancient. Yeah, that was a good one. What was the one last year was with uh, like uh, Jay Z and Eminem and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was, was Jay Z a part of that? That was in. That I think it was Jay Z. It was Jay Z, Eminem, um, Dre, Kendrick, Cent, Lam- Kendrick Lamar. 50 Cent. It might yeah, not 50, have been Jay-Z. Big, big chubby 50 Cent hanging upside down. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Jay-Z fuck. was there. But yeah, it was the, it was Kendrick, Lamar, Kendrick Lamar was the younger guy with that whole crew of people. Yeah. That was funny. All the blood rush into the 50 Cent's fat head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg was the other one. Dude, the memes of that afterwards were legendary. It was <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> big yeah, fat the 50 memes hanging upside on. down. <laughs> like a side of beef. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky punching him. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Do you think do you think they had to make him put on the uh the wife beater or he was like, No, no, no I'm I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> I bet you they had to make him. He probably wanted definitely to wear it. Definitely made him. Give me definitely some give him. me a big shirt. I'm gonna tuck it in. No. <laughs> you got any tall tees? Nope. Oh, Just this. At 50 cents. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. So Thursday night. Um we gotta talk it through, but we are gonna be mobile. So if you got a tailgate, you made it this far in the podcast, we wanna come to your tailgate. Send us a DM where you usually tailgate at. Uh, send us some pictures. I, I think that's how we should do this, right? Yeah, so I think yeah. we should put I, it on social media tomorrow. Earlier about it, like, are we going to go tailgating? Like, do we have another tailgate set up? Yeah, and I, I said I think we're bopping around. So I think we what we should do is we should tomorrow put it on social media. Be like, send us where you usually tailgate. Send us pictures of your tailgate. We'll retweet some of the good ones, crazy ones, whatever. We'll make a little list of places we'll walk around to. Obviously, we're gonna hit the mini lot. I really want to go over to the pit side as well. And a lot of people tailgate over on the pit side. It's a long fucking walk, but mm-hmm. we'll make our way over there. Um, I had a couple, uh, Robbie Bourne, some of his buddies do a tailgate as well, which I think is on the walk over there. What? Where? Um, I think it's in one of those lots, like up on the bridge. It's not really in the walk over there, but like if you're heading up towards like West 6th Street, those are like, yeah, there's a whole right nother there. lot. It's the Water Street yeah. apartments where there's which a whole nother a, lot and people yeah, go. Yeah, there's over a bunch there. of tailgating that goes on up there too. Yeah. Always blows my mind that people go to any of those other places. I know. Dude, there's one across from Naughty Mermaid in the service lot. That was banging every single year. It was just crazy every year. And I'm like, who are these people over here way away from everything? Good for them. Uh, yeah. I, I've only tailgated in the Muni lot. Mm-hmm. I've done the pit. Done the pit a bunch of times. I saw a weatherman, I can't remember his name, get really drunk and fall out of a pickup truck out of the back of it. And he was <laughs> supposed to go in and do the weather on the field that day. And <laughs> um, I can't remember his name. Jeff Tanchek? No. Was it Mark, <laughs> was it Mark Nolan? Is Mark Nolan a weatherman? Mark Nolan was a weatherman, yeah. I think Mark Nolan was the one who was drunk and fell in the back of the pickup. Damn, truck. Mark yeah. Nolan. That's um, I could be just completely throwing the wrong person under the bus there, but I'm, I, it, it sound, was Mark Nolan. It's, it sounds right. Um, where else have I tailgated? West Sixth. I've obviously done that one. Yeah. That one, I get that because there's some people who are just like, "This is easy. I'm going to watch the game at the bar." Oh, I've anyway. done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I got to get Barley House is a lot of fun for 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 
Browns games. It's fucking mayhem in that Blind place. Blind Pig used to be my spot for Browns games. It was awesome. Because yeah. there, there was the basement and people forgot about it and I, I'd always get a good seat. Yep. What's the Blind Pig? God damn. Well, now it's, it's completely it's gone. Oh, yeah. it's not even as yeah. yeah, I We used to do a show at the Blind Pig that was so much fun. And it was like Thursday nights and it was a late night show and all drinks were $2. Everything yep. was $2. That was when I started comedy. My second ever uh, set was there. We and it was a decent, time. and we always get decent crowds there too. Some crazy, like dropping, like Nikki Glazer dropped in and did a set there. Yeah, um, Kyle Kinane did. There were a couple other big names. Wow. Yeah, that was a cool spot. I like. Where that was place. it at? Downtown, right on West Six, Six man. Oh, shit. it was. It's now like an office upstairs. I want to say, and something else. I, I, and I can't remember exactly which which unit it was, but there's. I don't think there's a bar there. It's now. like right next to where Dive Bar was. Yeah, to the uh, left if you're looking at it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not not Ivy though. Not by Insomnia, or yeah, no. it is Insomnia. There used there. to be Golics down there. I think it might be where Insomnia Cookies is. Yeah, Golics sucked. Yeah, no, it, it, I, it was it wasn't a bar bar. It was a restaurant. It bar. never did. I never once saw it busy ever. And no. I like Bob. Bob's a nice guy, but he shouldn't have ventured into the restaurant. <laughs> that worked out too well for him. Um, yeah, so we'll be bouncing around tomorrow with that on um, out on social media. We'll find out some tailgates to go to. Then during the game, come visit us at Dante's. I'm oh, sorry, Inferno. It's not Dante's, it's Inferno. Just Inferno. Just Inferno in the flats. You know what it is. It's the place with the sick patio, and it'll be raging during the game. And if you hang out afterwards and they win, you might see some Browns players there because that happens very often. Mm-hmm. Those guys That's love why it. our fucking secondary blows up coverage. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you see them there, hand them water to hydrate. Yes. Did you, uh, by the way, at the tailgate, you know who was there? Who? who was at our tailgate for a while? Guys, look. Baker Mayfield. Oh okay. shit, she was at our she tailgate. She was there. Yeah, I saw her walking by with the camera. What's her name again? I don't. I don't. Oh, uh, Yvette. That's his yeah. Yvette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was That's there. So funny. I actually wonder. I was like, I feel like I should introduce myself. Like I have to meet. You got to talk to her like that, though. <laughs> right back at her. Hi, Yvette. Love she your social media. There. Big yeah, fan there. of your content. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, the one fuck face from Twitter? Did he ever show up or Pop? anything? I don't know. I don't know, dude. It was there was a million people at that goddamn thing. Yeah, shout out to everybody who came through. That was a great time. Jeff Lowe and Bob for swinging by when they came into town. Lil Couscous for swinging by. The rapper so nice to name him twice. Um, <laughs> Rickonia for starting the party out with us early in the day. Uh, there was, I mean, it was awesome. It was a great time. I, I can't tell you how many people sent me messages that say, "Man, it was great to see you." And I'm like, I don't even remember seeing that person. I know. <laughs> well, yours makes a little more sense. Yeah. I remember everything. <laughs> and, your, and your back hurt. Oh, God, it's killing me. Um, and then Clock Sister is in such pain. I'm like, okay, you just sit in that chair. And then I'm the guy whose chair was showed up was like, no, 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 I get the chair. Was it his chair? Yeah, it was the his. Guy? Yeah, so that's my friend Christy, and she brought her dad. I think he's from Michigan. Oh, he's a big Browns fan. Now so. I feel like a dick because I'm sitting in it, and they're like, can my dad have that chair? And I thought it was just a random person. I'm like... I just got this chair. No, <laughs> I straight up said no, and kept yeah. sitting there. Oh my so god! I had no idea that it was his chair. I didn't. Yeah. I never saw an old guy there. He I got there sent seven. it ahead of time. He sent it ahead of time with Neil, who helps out the tailgate. Oh my god! Wow. What a dick! I had no idea. Yeah, I saw other weird. people sitting. In. I thought that you know, like Neil brought it or something like that. I'll have to uh, off to send Christy a message and just yeah, tell her I am so sorry. I I would have never (laughs) done that. I just strip kicked your sister. I was like, hey, you gotta get up. It's his chair. She was like, what? I'm like, up out of the chair. Sorry. Oh, (laughs) I'm. I'm She did not know what was going on. Oh man, I'm so sorry. (laughs) 
I'm bringing yeah, my own chair sad. next time. What a dickhead, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I said no. We will be back in the Muni lot for the next Sunday home game. For this one, I haven't even told Enzo about this yet. There's a whole bunch of shit that happened. Gasoline spilled all in the back of the truck, ruining a bunch of stuff. I didn't even get into all that bullshit. But yeah, shout out to Loudon Renz. Shout out to everybody else. It was, it was a wild time. It was a good time. Um, Thursday night, we'll see you at Dante's. We need to figure out how to do a post-game pod, but we'll figure it out. Right? Yeah. All right, see ya.